We want to welcome you this morning. As you can tell, we're going to be talking about commitments. And commitments is something we all make. Some of us do well with commitments. Some of us can do better with commitments. But we all make commitments. And some of us are in a commitment right now. Some of you are ending a commitment or transitioning to another commitment. Transitioning from a commitment. But we all make commitments. And commitments is not necessarily making a decision. Sometimes we make decisions, but that doesn't mean we're committed. And that's what we want to look at today, the commitments we've made. Some of us made commitments this past year, maybe New Year's Day, you've made a commitment. I just want to know, how are you doing with that? With your New Year's resolution, we're nine months into the year. Some of you are thinking, I don't know what my New Year's resolution was, because I, the second day I was done with it, I don't know. But our commitments come and go. Some of us, we, hang, we stay strong to our commitments. We stay faithful to the commitments we've made. Some of us have made too many commitments, so we're overbooked with commitments. And so we want to take a look at this word commitment and see what does God say about commitments. When we were young, we made this treehouse and, you know, we would make these rides on it, a rope swing, a, 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 like a pulley a wire thing and like a zip line. Uh, we did all these things, and, and uh, you could say you're committed to swing on this rope. You can even stand at the edge holding this rope, but you're not committed until you jump, until there's an action. By then, you are committed. Regardless if you don't want to be or not, you are committed. If you jump off this, like a waterfall, and you're going to go dive... You can say you're committed. You can stand on the edge and look down and tell all your friends, yeah, 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 I can do this. I'm committed. I'm committed. But not until you jump will your commitment be proven. And so it is in life. Sometimes we'll say, I'm committed. I'm committed to this relationship. I'm committed to, to pay you back. I'm committed to do these things. But the actions will show otherwise. It'll actually bring out the truth if I am truly committed. Commitment is not just a word. It's a lifestyle. It's a journey. There's actions that go along with it. This past weekend, uh, we had our county fair, and I think it's today might be the last day, but I was at the county fair and just walking around. We ate dinner there, and uh, I, I, I was watching this one ride, and I thought, you know, these people stood in this line for I don't know how long, and then they gave the person their ticket, and then they sat down and then was, you know, locked in. And I thought, at what point were they committed? Was it when they were in line for whatever hours that was or minutes? Was that commitment? Or was it, was it when they were telling their friend, oh yeah, I, I ride this, I can handle. Was that commitment? Or was it when they gave the person their ticket? Was that commitment? Or was it when they were locked down? Was that commitment? But I looked at all of that and I said, no, that's not commitment. This is commitment. Let's take a look at this. This is commitment. <laughs> You're on the ride already. Like you have no option already. You're in it. Now, you can't see their faces, but I could. You, you can hear them screaming a little bit. Some of them from joy. That, oh, this is exciting. Some of them out of fear. I'm not doing this again. Some people were just pale-faced, ready to throw up whatever they ate. Some of them, their hands are up in the air. 
But I thought about this as commitment, as a roller coaster ride. Sometimes when they're upside down, they feel like giving up. They feel like, oh, I'm just going to end this. I'm out of this thing. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bail. Then I thought about commitment in life. That's kind of like what, it's, what it is. That some of us are in our commitments. Oh, we love it. We have full joy. We love what we do. We love our marriages. We love our family. We're involved because we're committed. Some of us, we're at a point where we're emotionally drained. So we're sick. We're feeling like, I don't want to do this anymore. So then we say, I'm, not, I'm no longer committed. I can't wait for this ride. That when it's done, I'm, I'm over it. Some of us, even in our workplace, yes, we're on this ride or we're in the workplace, but our commitment level is at a place where we're just saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Get me off of this thing. Some people are fearful. And they're saying, okay, I tried this, but I'm not going to go back on this again. All of our commitments come with a different mix of emotions. Commitment is something that we, we very rarely think about until we're tested in the commitment. The dictionary describes commitment in this way. It says to bind or obligate as by pledge or assurance, to commit oneself to a promise or to be committed to a course of action, to entrust, especially for safekeeping, commend, to commit one's soul to God. That's a definition. It can also be said that commitment is what transforms a promise into reality. That it is the words that speak boldly of your intentions and the actions which speak louder than words. That's a commitment. But I love this description the best. That commitment is choosing another's welfare at your own expense. That if you're committed to something, it's going to cost you something. If it's not costing you anything, then you're not committed. Now, I'm not talking about money because some of you say, no, in this relationship, it's costing me. So I'm committed. It's costing me. Not talking about financial costs necessarily, but it costs something. Commitments cost. It takes energy. It takes humility. It takes us putting ourselves on the side at someone else's expense. That's what a commitment is. Many of us, though, are tired of paying up. There's a disciple by the name of Peter who made a decision to commit himself to Jesus Christ. He was one of those disciples that said, I'm going to follow you. But I wonder where Peter's commitment was really tested. Because Peter made some amazing commitments. He made a commitment to follow Jesus, becomes one of his disciples. In other words, he was learning from Jesus. He serves Jesus. He made a commitment to serve. And then he made a commitment that he would never deny Jesus. That he would, al- that he would always be by Christ's side. That he would go to the grave for Jesus Christ. But then we find out at a point in his life, he denies Christ. And he actually says, I don't even know the man. He was challenged with his commitment. Peter then returns to his life as he knew it before he came to know Jesus. But then one day, while they were fishing, some of the disciples, and this is after Jesus went to the cross and then was resurrected. 
This is probably the third time after the resurrection that Peter saw Christ in his resurrected body. They're fishing and, and they, they, they say, hey, that's Christ on the shore. Well, Peter jumps out of the boat, swims to shore, and he wants to say or ask, is that you, Lord? Because the Bible says he, was, he didn't look the same. They knew it was Jesus, but they didn't really recognize that it was Him. Kind of like with us. You come to church for 10 years, you're supposed to know that person's name, but you don't want to ask. You just say, hey, how's it, auntie? What's up, man? How you doing, my sister? So we don't know their name, but we recognize them. So Peter was in that predicament. He was like, I want to say that it is Him, but I don't know. But then he sits with Jesus. They eat breakfast together. Let's look at our notes in John 21, verses 15 through 17. It says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, He said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Then he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Well, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. See, every commitment I've made comes with me having to adjust what I've committed to. Jesus was telling Peter, he was saying to Peter, Peter, It's not I that have to adjust to your purpose. It's you that have to adjust to mine. That's what commitment is. That you're you're committing to this other person. There's a sacrifice that you're making for the welfare of the other person. On your own expense. That there's a sacrifice. That Peter Peter was, he, he had to adjust himself to Christ rather than the other way around. That's, that's a commitment. It's kind of like if, if my wife Heidi was allergic to flowers, which she's not, but if she was allergic to flowers, it doesn't matter how much I love flowers. I could say to Heidi, no, it'll make our house look beautiful. We can put it, we can put it on, the, on the dinette table, on the dinner table. We can put it uh, 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 right outside by the walkway. We can, we, can, we can even decorate our home with flowers because it's going to beautify the place and it's going to make everything smell good. Well, it doesn't matter how many reasons I have. Is if I love Heidi, I'm not going to bring flowers because of love. I adjust to her because of my commitment to love her. And that's what Jesus was saying to Peter. Peter, you adjust to me, not I to you. That's your commitment to me. In our commitments with people, in our commitments at our job, we change for it. Not the other way around. If you're waiting for someone to change, you're going to grow old waiting for change. You can sit with your best friend, you can be 90 years old, and you'll be saying the same thing you were saying when you were 20. Just waiting for a change in the other person. You're waiting for change. It's, it's us who change because of this commitment. 
We've all made commitments. This year we've made commitments. Some of you made commitments to Jesus. You said yes to Him. Some of us made commitments with water baptism, our public confession of Jesus Christ. Some of us made commitments on Father's Day. We signed a Father's Day resolution. I actually keep mine next to my bed so that I can look it over and, and apply some things that we've highlighted in there. And I can, I, it helps me tremendously. And sometimes it's just simple as spending some time with my children, whatever it would be. You can have lunch with them and, and maybe they're busy. Maybe you're busy, but you have a lunch break. Go on your lunch break. 15 minutes just hanging out. Yeah, but it's uncomfortable. Yeah, in the beginning, but then it slowly begins to get better and better and better, and your relationship gets built. So some of us, we signed that Father's Day resolution. Some of us got married this year. Some of you are newlyweds. This is your first year in marriage. So you've made a commitment to another person. Some of you made a commitment to tithe. Some of you made a commitment to give to the building fund, and we've been putting that in the bulletin. By the way, the building fund, just to clarify, some, some people would wonder, well, so what does the finances go towards? Well, our building is 20 years old. So just like a young adult, they need maintenance. Things break down on our building. We just uh, fixed our roof our, uh, on the outside, uh, because we had to repaint it. It was going bad, and before it got real bad, we just redid it. And it, it, there's finances that go toward the building. That's what the building fund is for. There's some things you want to do with the restrooms and, and things like that. We may not necessarily be building another building, but it goes towards the building fund. And so some of you made a commitment to that. And, and when you make a commitment in that kind of way, you're going to be tested We've all made commitments, many this year. Some of you are first-time parents. You've made a commitment. And there's a child that you're now parenting. That's a commitment. Some of you are transitioning to, to another school, maybe going to college. Maybe your children are going to college. There's, there's these different transitions that we're going through. And there's different commitments that are coming up. Some commitments are ending. The question is this, how are we doing with our commitments. How are we doing with them? How can I be strengthened in my commitments? How do I stay committed? And we're going to look at three simple principles to help us in our commitments. And here's one that helps tremendously. It's to live, and you can write this in your number one point if you're taking notes, to live committed to the Lord. To live committed to the Lord. That's where true commitment is going to be established. In other words, when I'm making a commitment, I'm going to be challenged sometime within that commitment. And whenever I'm challenged with making a commitment as well as throwing in the towel, it's at those moments where I will need to remember how powerful it is to live committed to the Lord. Not necessarily to what I've committed to. See, when I'm able to commit to the Lord, then He brings it to pass. He's the one that does what we cannot do. That's what our scripture tells us in Psalm 37, 5. It says, to commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. That's what Peter was dealing with. And Jesus had to bring Peter back to, to first base and say, Peter, this is where it begins. It's your commitment to me. This is where it's all going to start with all of your commitments. It's going to start with me. Do you love me? But we live committed to the Lord. 
the scripture where it says to commit your way to the Lord, that word commit is actually taken from an illustration that they would have camels to, uh, the camel would have to bow down and crouch down so that the owner or the traveler would be able to put their uh, luggage or the things that they were traveling with, their supplies, whatever they had to carry, that they could place it on the camel, that they would roll onto the camel their weight, their burdens, the things that they were carrying. It means to roll upon. And so that's what the Bible is saying. It's saying to roll upon the Lord your ways. That you're going to place it on Him. Because He's the one that can carry our burdens. It's not us. It's on Him. When I live committed to the Lord, then I'm committed to others and things, but it's not necessarily to them. It's through the Lord. And if we're committed through the Lord, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or through him who gives me strength because it's if it's if it's left to us we we can only go so far in our commitments we'll stay committed only when things are going well we'll stay committed as long as i'm being encouraged we'll stay committed as long as i get my way we'll stay committed as long as it's all about me we'll stay committed if you compromise we'll stay committed if and we name all these things and Christ says wait a minute get back to who I am. Live committed to me, not necessarily your commitment. I speak to so many people on different commitments that they've made, and, and we hear all the excuses. I've made all the excuses. But the question is, is my word still my bond? Remember now, back in the day, they did not sign contracts. They shook hands because their word was their bond. After time, what would usually take place is if someone's character was a little skewed, a little off track, a little flawed, then, then the person would say, no, we shook hands. And the guy would say, no, we didn't shake hands. We didn't, we didn't shake hands. Did anybody see us shake hands? Well, no, but you gave me your word. Yeah, but I, don't, I didn't do that. You're lying. And so they developed this thing called contracts. Contracts were not made because of commitments. Contracts were made because of broken commitments. Is our word still our bond? See, that's where our character will be tested. Character is proven in the area of commitment. It's not proven by what I say. It's proven by how I handle my commitments. The book of Proverbs says to commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Live committed to the Lord. That's why our relationship with Him is so valuable and so important. Because it's through Him that we can do all things. But how do I stay there? How do I... What if, what if I don't feel like it? Did you know that you and I, we are at our weakest point? Not when the storms hit. Not when we hit the wall. But we're at our weakest point when things are going well. How often we would come to church out of a tragedy or out of something that took place in our life. And then we would say, I'm going to come back to church. I'm going to go seek God. I need Jesus in my life. Or somebody told us, you need Jesus. You got to go to church. So we come to church and then we sit there and, and, and God helps us through the storm. And then when everything is calm, we wake up Sunday morning thinking, ah, I can go second service. Then the football game is on. It's like, ah, I can go third service. I can go third service. And then... 
the football games goes into overtime, and then you're saying, ah, I can go online. I can watch it online. <laughs> and then after a while, it comes next week, and it's like, oh, I'm tired. I was busy last night, so I'm tired. And then you miss church two weeks, and then you're saying, oh, I don't like go back. Long time, I never go to church. And so after a while, because things are going well, we forget about the Lord. That's when we're at our weakest, when things are going well. Therefore, number two, strengthen myself when things are going well. Strengthen myself when things are going well. Don't wait for the wall. Don't wait for the bad situation. Strengthen yourself when things are going well. Because we'll hit those times. We'll hit those moments where it's not going to be going well. Circumstances change and then God does help us. But then we forget about Him. And then we're back to square one. We're back in the same place we've been before things were going well. We're back into the same place. And then we think to ourselves, why is this always happening to me? Because I have not strengthened myself when things were going well. It's like weightlifting. Let's just say you have a competition in six months. Six months. The wise person says, I'm starting today because I'm competing for six months. I'm just showing up on that day to prove it. The foolish person waits for that day and says, I can. I'm going to lift 500 pounds. I can. And you probably can if you practice and you put into place strengthening yourself before the competition. Many of us wait for the competition, the stress of the day, the stress of that com- competitive day or the, the day where things aren't going well. And then we try to lift all the weights one time. You can't. You try that. Your muscles will you'll burn out. Strengthen yourself when things are going well. Don't wait for when the thing hits hard. If you're a newlywed, don't wait for things to go bad. Strengthen your marriage now. Oh, but things are so good. My husband cleans up all the time. He just does everything for me. He's just the best husband in the world. Ten years later, he's lazy. He don't do nothing. (laughs) What happened? Oh, we weren't strengthening ourselves during those good years. We had to figure it out during those good years. So it's when things are going well that we strengthen ourselves. Not when things go bad. Sometimes even in ministry, things don't go well. At work, things don't go well. In your family, that's when you strengthen yourself. It's when things are going well. Otherwise, when the problem comes, when you disagree, when you fight with the boss, when you, have your, when you want your own way, it's not going to happen. Because you're, you're not strengthened for the moment. And then what we say is, I'm just throwing in the towel. I'm not even going to deal with this. But have we made a commitment? And is it through the Lord? Am I living for commitments to the Lord? Am I strengthening myself when things are going well? You know what happens when we don't strengthen ourselves when things are going well? Is after a while, because we're severed from the roots of what we've committed to, we die from the ground up. We die from the inside out. And on the outside, everything looks fine, but we're dying Slowly dying. Now, that can be good in some commitments because sometimes we overcommit. We take on so many things and and so we need to transition. 
So we need to say, okay, you know what? I, I just took on too many commitments, so I'm going to transition out of this one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you transition or whatever it would be. And then so there needs to be a slow dying. So it can still be a good thing because you're transitioning. I had this tree that I cut down, and don't worry, we plant more trees. But uh, this was a, like a rubbish tree. And when I took a look at this tree, I found out that it was still living. And this was cut down maybe about three weeks ago. Now, it's severed at the bottom. But on this next slide, you can see both sides of it. You can see that the bottom part of it is a little dead. The top part, there are still leaves. In the third slide, at the top, it looks like it's flourishing. So I could actually put this thing back up, and from the top, it looks like it's thriving. But it's not. It's dying. And many of us, we've been severed from the roots, so now there's a halfway alive, halfway dead. The next slide. That's what we can look like in a severed commitment because we're severed from the root. And so there's halfway. And sometimes can be good, sometimes can be bad. This next slide, as you can see, once it's cut from the root, then the commitment or what we're doing eventually fades and dies. Where are we in our commitments? Are we strengthening ourselves when things are going well? Or have we severed it from the roots and eventually dying? Deuteronomy 8, 10, and 11, it says, When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord, the Lord your God, for the good land He has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. Yeah, the Bible is saying that's when you're at your weakest. It's not when, it's not when you hit the wall. Sometimes you think, oh, I'm, I'm weak at this point. No, no, no. You're weakest when things are going well. That's what the Bible is saying. Beware, because in the land of plenty, that's when you'll be tested continues to say in Deuteronomy 8, 12 through 14, for, for when you have become full and prosperous and have built homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. It's telling us to beware of these times of plentiful. When things are going well, that's when we strengthen ourselves because we'll hit the wall. We'll be tested. Someone will say something. Your faith will be challenged. As a young person, your relationships will be challenged. I don't know how many young people I've spoken to, and I've, I've been in the youth ministry for uh, at that season at a 12-year run. And in those 12 years, I've met 7th graders and 8th graders who are now in their adult years. And we would say the same thing over and over. Your biggest struggle will not be your parents. Your biggest struggle will be your relationships with other people. Your boyfriend and your girlfriend. That's going to be your biggest challenge. If your commitment is to stay pure before you're married, then you better put up some strong barriers there. Invite the Lord in as quickly as possible. Yeah, but no, no, I'm strong enough. I, I'm okay, I'm okay, I, I can't, I can't. No, no, no. You cannot without Christ. 
No, 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 no. I got my boundaries. No, not going to kiss nobody. Yeah. You may not, you may say that, but when some guy comes along and woos you over and, and starts texting you late at night, oh, it feels so good. Oh, yeah, you fall, you fall right into their traps. When a girl sweeps you off your feet when you're 12 years old, there's nothing you can do because love never fails. So you can say, no, 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 I'm, I'm committed. I'm committed. I can, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to stay strong in the Lord. How many times we've heard that? Strengthen yourself when things are going well. So when the situation arises, when it comes up, you can say, no, this is, this is my boundaries. No, this is what I've committed to. No, this is what I've said. No, this is what I'm doing. No. You're committed. In your marriage, Make some strong commitments that you're going to put up those boundaries that you're going to say, no, I'm not going to eat dinner with the opposite sex. No, I'm not going to do this and that. No, I'm going to be pure with my family, with my wife, and in, in your family, with your husband. No, I'm not going to cross boundaries. I'm not going to do that. I made a commitment. It's just a friendly conversation. It usually starts that way. It usually starts that way. Where's our commitments? It subtly comes in. If we're not ready for it, it's going to blindside us. Then we'll sit down and think to ourselves, oh, how did I get here? What happened? Because we've forgotten to strengthen ourselves when things were going well. Proverbs 4, 5 tells us to get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Yeah, God is going to give us wisdom. He's going to give us the boundaries. He's going he's to let us know how we can be strong in our commitments. But we cannot forget about what he says. Yeah, but what if I've blown it then? What if, what if I messed up in my commitments? Uh, I want to get better in my commitments, but how do I strengthen them? Because I've blown it. Here's our last point. And it's to invite the Lord into what I've committed to. Invite the Lord. Yeah, but I've done that before. Let's, let's just talk this through. Why do we invite the Lord in? Why do we ask Him to come into our, our relation, uh, to have a relationship with Him? Why do we ask Him to be in, in our family? Why do we ask Him to be involved in this situation? Or why do we ask Him to be in our finances? Why do we ask Him to be in our workplace? Why do we ask Him? Well, think about it. If you invite someone over for dinner, you invite them and you ask them to come over. When you're sitting down eating dinner, what happens? You talk story, you build a relationship, you, you talk about each other and how you're doing you encourage each other, and everything is built on this relationship. There's a loving relationship that takes place. You sit down and eat dinner with your spouse, there's a loving relationship. You're talking with each other, you're encouraging each other, you're strengthening each other. And that's what Jesus says for us to do. Revelation 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. It's out of this relationship that we say to the Lord, I invite you in. It's built on this thing called love. If our children are sick, we have to take care of them. It's not a burden to us because we're committed out of love. It's not a burden. 
because of love. It's not a burden to be committed to Christ if we love Christ. It's not a burden to be committed to one another when there's love there. As difficult as it may be with taking care of our children or a loved one, it's not a burden to us because we love them. See, the burden of any responsibility, how much that is a weight to you, is not determined by the size of the responsibility, but the size of your commitment. We'll all take on different responsibilities. Now, I stated in the beginning that the definition or one of the definitions of commitment is choosing another's welfare at your own expense. And if you're going to stay committed to something, it's going to cost you something because commitments cost. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you and I. It costed him his very life. He came to this earth and he said, I'm, I'm committed, I'm committed. But his commitment was proven when he died on the cross. That he said, I am committed to you with my life. So we can invite him in because he understands this thing called commitment. He's the best example of what it means to be committed. Titus 2.14, it says that he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people. Totally committed to doing good deeds. Totally committed. He sacrificed himself so that we can become what he made us to be for our welfare. He's the one who sacrificed himself for our good. And I look at it this way, that salvation is Christ's commitment to us. That's what salvation is. Some of us were water baptized. Water baptism is our commitment to Him and to others. We're saying, yes, we're going to serve. Yes, I'm going to follow you. So He did His part. The question is, are we doing ours? Are we committed to the responsibilities that God gave to us. And I pray this morning that as we evaluate and kind of check our hearts, that we will remember that it is about God. It is about people. And it is about changed lives. Amen. You close your Bibles. Put away your notes. We're going to pray together. And we're going to pray for that. We all go through these seasons. I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads with me as we conclude together. Lord, as we pray and as we seek you and as we have learned together today, Lord, there's things that we've committed to. There's commitments that are coming up that we don't see. There's commitments that we may be ending, commitments that we may be starting, some commitments that are challenging, and sometimes we want to throw in the towel. But Lord, I pray that in every stage of this thing we call commitment, that you would speak to us, that you would bring us strength, Sometimes it takes a putting aside of our pride, putting aside our own agenda, or, or even stepping up to the plate with a commitment that we've made to you or a commitment that we've made. Lord, I pray as, as husbands that we would stay committed to the things you've asked us to be committed to. And we're committed to our wives through you. I pray for the wives that their commitment to their husband is 
a commitment they've made through you and that you would strengthen them in their commitments. As parents, we've made a commitment that we would parent children according to your ways, that we would be strengthened in those commitments. Our relationships, we pray that we would be strengthened in those commitments, that we would do better and better every single day. I pray, Lord, for the burdens that many of us may carry, that you said for us to roll it upon you, that you'll carry these burdens to commit our ways to you, and you will bring it to pass, because you can carry them. I pray that we would release it to you. I pray for many, Lord, that they may be in school or transitioning. Maybe they're dating right now and they've made some commitments to you, to themselves, to someone else, but that they would be strengthened in you to stand strong to their commitments. Lord, I know there's some this morning that they've never committed their life to you. They've never said yes to you. They've committed themselves to many other things, but never to you. They've heard about you. They've been coming for a while. And and maybe today, you've been speaking to them about committing their lives to you in what we call salvation. Because salvation is your commitment to us. And you did that and showed that by giving us your life. And so if there's anyone here this morning, and you're saying, I've I've never committed my life to Jesus Christ, but I would want to, I'm going to say a prayer. And you can say this prayer and repeat after me. Mean it with all your heart. And here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Please wash me clean and make me brand new. I want to be the person that you made me to be. I believe you died on the cross and I believe you rose again to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the very first time, I would like to pray with you and and for you. If you would just lift a hand real briefly, I just want to pray over you. If you just committed your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, go ahead. Good. God bless you. God bless you in the back. Anybody else? God bless you right here on the side, down here. God bless you right here. Bless you. God bless you. God sees your hand. He sees your hand right on this side. He sees your heart. Anyone else? You saying you said yes to Jesus back there. God sees your hand. Good. God sees your hand. Back there. God sees your hand. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for those that said yes to you. Lord, I pray that as they begin their relationship with you, they will remember this day that they've committed their life to you. You've already committed yourself to them. You're not going to leave them. You're not going to forsake them. You're not going to let them go by the wayside and, and struggle on their own. You're going to help them along in life. I pray for us as Christians, Lord, that the commitment that we've made to you, that we would stand firm, that we would set our eyes on you and not people. But when we serve people, that will will serve through you. And so strengthen us today as your people in our commitments. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, Amen. Amen. Let's congratulate those and welcome these that said yes to Jesus this morning.